Riding through this world All alone God takes your soul You're on your own The crow flies straight A perfect line On the devil's bed Until you die And welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Crossroads Podcast. It's your boy, the man of a thousand gimmicks, the dustiest man in the game, the diamond in the rough, Diamond Dave. Wishing all of you a happy Easter, a happy Passover, whatever you may celebrate. Happy, happy to you and yours. Hope everyone is able to see some of their family, whether it be through the FaceTime, through the Zoom, or in person, but that's neither here nor there. Let's get into it. Now, first and foremost, I just wish you all happy Easter. I am recording this on Easter evening. I just got back home from visiting my dad, my brother, my brother's wife, and my beautiful niece in Clark, New Jersey. It was a great visit, very thankful to have been able to spend it with them, but that's not the only new news with me. The other big news with me, if you guys have been following my Instagram, my Twitter, is that I was lucky enough on Tuesday when the uh, New York government, uh, Andrew Cuomo and everyone, opened up the vaccine eligibility to all those 30 plus and I myself am 31 and I was lucky enough to be able to get a vaccine appointment my first dose in arm was yesterday and uh, I'm still waiting on my superpowers I'm still waiting for my phone to uh pick up the 5g um but in all seriousness Very, very mild uh, side effects. My arm is still sore. It's a um, little over 36 hours since needle went in arm. On top of the fact that I uh, still am getting over a small bout of lethargy. But other than that, Diamond Dave is good. He has his first shot in arm with his second shot going on the 20. Fifth, which is three weeks from today. So that's obviously one of the biggest, um, most important things. My dad was also able to get his first dose of the vaccine on Friday. He got Moderna. I got Pfizer, except I'm so pissed. The dumb lady at the CVS misspelled Pfizer on my card. Pfizer is spelled P-F-I-Z-E-R. She spelled it P-F-E-I-Z-E-R. Now, first of all, if she misspelled it on mine, how many more people at this location has have gotten Pfizer misspelled on their cards? And second of all, I know that it's not like a vaccine passport. However, 
I have to think that there are going to be some places that would like to see proof of vaccination. And you do have that. I know a lot of people have been getting theirs laminated after the second dose or after their dosage is completed, regardless of whichever uh, shot it is, whether it's the two-dose shot or the Johnson & Johnson one-dose shot. But, um... Yeah, I I keep looking at it, first off, because it's still kind of surreal. But second of all, because I look at it, it kind of looks fake with Pfizer spelled like that. So I am going to be requesting a new one with the correct spelling when I go in for my second dose in three weeks. But this is not a life podcast. If you want to talk about life, we can do it in another through another medium. This is about wrestling. And of course, we are at the beginning of the most important week, some would say, of the year. And that is WrestleMania week. Obviously, it's important for WWE. It's important for the independents that schedule the shows around WrestleMania week. The collective, as it formerly was known, then WWE trademarked that because they're petty. Now it's the collective remix. But we are at the most important time of the week. We got Go Home Raw tomorrow. We have the Hall of Fame I'm not sure if it's 2020, then 2021 inductees back-to-back. I know they were uh, taped at different times. I'm not sure if they're going to do one than the other. But the Hall of Fame's on Tuesday. Then we have night one of Stand and Deliver, night two of Stand and Deliver. Then we have a special WrestleMania edition of SmackDown because WWE's too petty to have other matches like, you know, Tag team match, women's tag team match, battle royal. Don't know if they're doing a women's battle royal on the card. Uh, So they're doing some of the matches on SmackDown. I'm going to get more into that later. And then on Saturday, we have night one of WrestleMania. And on Sunday, we have night two. Now, I know in the past, I said that I was going to do the normal episode and then a takeover, stand and deliver preview, then a WrestleMania preview, and then a review. I have no idea what my work schedule is going to be like. As of this recording, I have not been called into work for tomorrow, and I have not been told when I am working again. However, let's be serious. It is still prime time for Easter dinners. So I don't know what's going on, but to call a spade a spade, I do not think I will be able to do the shows like this. So here's how it's going to work. This is going to be the review of last week, but not like every segment. I'm going to take one or two things from Raw, one or two things from NXT, one or two things from SmackDown. I'm going to do a preview of the NXT cards, and I'm going to a preview and prediction of the NXT cards, and a preview prediction of the WrestleMania cards. Now, for next week's episode, I'm hoping to be able to do an episode solely dedicated to TakeOver Review. Also, I would like to do a 
review for WrestleMania Night 1 and WrestleMania Night 2, which would obviously be Night 1, I would probably record Sunday and drop it Sunday. Night 2, I would probably record Sunday night and drop it on Monday. But pay attention to the social media as you will find all the information there. And I'm pretty sure the Fourth Wall Gang has some joint shows in the works. So, you know you can find all the information at Fourth Wall and at our individual podcasts. You can find it just about anywhere. But let's get right into it. Now, Raw, it, it, it's it's hard to watch. We We've established that. We're still waiting to find out what exactly is going to be the um, stipulation for Randy Orton versus The Fiend? I mentioned it last week. It's hard to go further when you've done the Inferno match when the next match would probably... You're not going to do another House of Horrors. They did that already. I... I I personally think it should be a Hell in a Cell, but WWE now has that for a pay-per-view. So I don't know what the stipulation is going to be, but there will be a stipulation. And I'm assuming we are going to find that out tomorrow. I hope to God we find that out tomorrow. Second of all, we had a Baron Corbin appearance to take out Drew McIntyre answering Bobby Lashley's call. You take out Drew McIntyre, you get his title shot at WrestleMania. Now, do I think that Drew McIntyre is losing his shot at WrestleMania? No. Do I think Baron Corbin may preemptively have been traded to Raw? Yes, because don't forget, WWE usually likes to couple WrestleMania with a couple weeks later, a draft. But their draft schedule nowadays is absolutely fucking bonkers. There's no rhyme or reason. And then they... uh, It's a clusterfuck. But anyway. We have a Drew McIntyre-Baron Corbin match tomorrow, I guess. Um, Okay, cool. But the biggest thing, in my opinion, coming out of Raw was WWE jumped the shark once again on breaking up a faction earlier than they should have. And that faction, of course, is the Hurt Business. You all know that the Hurt Business dropped their tag titles and they weren't able to take out Drew McIntyre for Bobby Lashley. And Bobby Lashley cut his promo that he can't trust them etc etc and basically one two three skidooed them um and it's unfortunate because MVP when he returned and then Lashley Shelton and Cedric that MVP brought them back to legitimacy and it, it also was really nice to see an all african-american Faction that wasn't a stereotype. It was just talented. The Hurt Business and business is booming. I don't understand what WWE's reasoning for always breaking up these factions too quickly. 
It seems like on the main roster these days, unless you're the Shield, WWE doesn't really like factions. And it's unfortunate. Yes, a limit in factions means you kind of recycle your your matches a lot, but they were a very formidable stable. You could have had another stable develop, and you could have had interstable warfare, but no. This is why we cannot have nice things. And the worst part about it is you have the Hurt Business drop the tag titles. So they're out of the match between against AJ Styles and Omos. That match is now being contested against the New Day. But second of all, you now relegate them to the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, which isn't even being contested on WrestleMania. It's being contested on that special WrestleMania SmackDown. So you break up a faction and then you basically take away these guys' mania paychecks. I think that's really fucked up, especially with the fact that between your Peacock deal and what we've seen from your quarter, your quarterlies from 2020, you guys made a lot of fucking money. So shame on you, WWE. You have two nights, and as of right now, I'm not going to go through the individual matches until later. As of right now, night one has six matches, and night two has six matches. And even if you're planning on having WrestleMania go three and a half to four hours, you could put more matches on that card. You could have the Women's Battle Royal. You could have the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Don't tell me it's about COVID because you're doing your COVID testing or whatever. You could have the Women's Tag Team Championships being defended there. You could have this... SmackDown, uh, not the SmackDown, the, yeah, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships there. Right now, it's looking like it's going to be a multi-tag team match. The women's tag team title match could be a multi-tag team title match, but it's unfortunate. It really is. So that's my spiel about Raw, other than the fact that, please God, for the love of all that is good in this world... Do not, do not, do not, do not add Charlotte Flair to the Raw Women's Championship match. Let me get Rhea versus Asuka, and you want to know what? They're going to throw down, so I wouldn't even be opposed if Rhea wins. But I'll get more into that a little later. So now, let's get AEW out of the way. Inner Circle's back. They got a vengeance against the Pinnacle for the dastardly attack a couple weeks ago. And Chris Statlander, the galaxy's greatest alien, returned during the arcade anarchy match between Miro and Kip Sabian versus Chuck and Orange Cassidy. She came out of the machine, uh, the... Claw Machine, which I think was a pretty dope homage to, like, you know, the aliens from Toy Story. Da Claw. But anyway, she came out. She attacked Penelope Ford. And we had a return of Trent, question mark. I still don't understand why it's just Trent. Is that how it's supposed to be said? Trent? But Chris Statlander is now aligned with Orange Cassidy and Best Friends. 
That is all we need. And on top of it, you still have the Kenny Omega uh, Good Brothers Alliance. And now you have Matt and Nick Jackson seemingly aligning themselves with John Moxley. Or as they say in Japan, John Moxley. Sorry, I do a really bad Japanese impression, but Gian Moxley, yes. And uh, I, I'm all for that. I hope they actually do like this further separation between the Bucks and uh, Kenny and the Good Brothers. And it's nice to see John Moxley with some support. Who knows where it's going to lead? It's anybody's guess but mine. Now, moving on to NXT. The biggest thing coming out of NXT, which is really the only thing I want to talk about, is the uh, Battle Royal that uh, was contested to determine the six, uh, six men that will participate in the Gauntlet Eliminator match on night one. To determine the number one contender to the North American Championship match against Johnny Gargano night two. I'm not going to do eliminations. I'm not going to do order of elimination, yada, yada, yada. You're six competitors for that match. You have Leon Ruff. You have Isaiah Swerve Scott. You have Bronson Reed. You have Cameron Grimes. You have Dexter Loomis. And you have L. A night. And I'm not going to lie, I love how LA Knight and then even on the main roster, Rhea Ripley, they debuted and they're already being put in meaningful matches. Rhea with the Women's Championship, LA Knight to qualify for the North American Championship. Because if you remember, when Kushida first came, it took him a while until he made it into the echelon of challenging for championships. So I do like that, no pun intended. They're having these signings make an impact. Now, we do know there's still a lot of the most recent signing classes that have not debuted. Alex Zane is really the one that sticks out in my mind. And I'm literally just like waiting, wishing, hoping, because Alex Zane is the sauce. And if, you, if you've never seen Alex Zane, look up his... YouTube stuff, and he loves Taco Bell, and one of his uh, move, one of his moves is called the Crunchwrap Supreme. Anyway, I am really excited for NXT. Now, I'd like to quote good friend Phil, uh, fanboy Philium Phil Phil Cataldo, or as Starcast said for uh, him and in G-Rod's uh, Starcast appearance on Podcast Row for Starcast 1, Phil, Phil Catalato. NXT TakeOver Mania Week really is my mania. It really is. So many times in my attendance of Mania Live and watching it on the WWE Network this time around Peacock, so many times I disagree with booking decisions. One of the ones that sticks out most is having Sting sign to lose to Triple H at Mania. And then obviously we know what happened. The injury against Seth Rollins at Night of Champions. Now he's in AEW. 
But a lot of times, Mania is booked so poorly. But NXT, while a lot of people say NXT has fallen off, I disagree. I really disagree. And like I said, as of right now, we have a five-match card for each night. You can't go wrong with that. And then, starting the week after Mania, a week from Tuesday, NXT officially moves to Tuesday nights. So you have Raw on Monday, NXT, uh, AW Dark, and I forget the other on Tuesday. You also have Dark Elevation on Monday. Then you have AW and MLW on Wednesday. You have Impact on Thursday. And you have SmackDown on Friday. A lot of fucking wrestling. But now you won't have the people like me who watch both shows. You won't force me to pick between them. I'll now be able to watch NXT on Tuesdays. And then do my MLW into... AW on Wednesday, so I'm all for it, but since we're talking about NXT now, let's go over this card, and I will give my predictions, so for night one, the first match, uh, I'm going top to bottom on the list, Io Shirai versus Raquel Gonzalez, accompanied by Dakota Kai, I said it last week, I'm always concerned when there's an accompaniment, because usually that means accompaniment gets involved, now, a lot of people are fans of Raquel's new persona since she, you know, changed from Reyna Gonzalez from the Mae Young Classic. I'm not a fan of hers. And if you guys have listened to this podcast, you know I'm all about Joshi Wrestling. I love Joshi Wrestling. I love Io Shirai. Now, in a perfect world, I I would have Io Shirai have a longer title reign. However, obviously, Asuka... Asuka had a reign that most likely will not be matched by the men or the women between the undefeated streak, etc., etc. But in a perfect world for me, Io Shirai would defend. However, I almost think that Io Shirai is perhaps not long for the main roster, which scares me. Main roster call-ups do not always go well, but... If it's for a main roster call-up, give the belt to Raquel, and who knows, maybe that even leads to a breakup between Raquel and Dakota, because Dakota gets jealous that Raquel was able to do what she couldn't, and that's win the NXT Women's Championship. So, so that's what I think for the Women's Championship match. Now, next on the list, we have the Triple Threat Tag Team Match for the vacant NXT Tag Team Championships. Now, I'm not sure if this is going to be two people in the ring, anybody can tag, or if it's going to be a member of each team in the ring. I personally would like the latter, but it's being contested between MSK, Grizzled Young Veterans, and Legado del Fantasma. I'm all in on MSK for this. I really am. I still don't understand where the injury happened to Wesley that had to delay this. I think the grizzled young veterans are annoying as shit. And Legado del Fantasma, I understand heel factions do heel things. But literally when um, when a match after match after match goes the same way, oh, distraction, interference, yada, 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 
it, it, it gets predictable. So, and of course, we know they're probably going to get involved in another match down the road, the unification ladder match between Jordan Devlin and Santos Escobar. So, for me, this is all MSK. I still really want to know what MSK stands for. So, at Wesley WWE, at Nash Carter WWE, would love to pick your brain about MSK, how it came about, and what it means. Until I find out, I'm going to go with your guys' running joke on Twitter that it means Miko Satamora's kids. Because you guys have a very close relationship with Miko Satamora and tagged with her. The next match is the six-man gauntlet eliminator to determine number one contender for the North American Championship. Now... I'm really all for anybody in this match, except I don't want Leon Ruff to get it because he had the two reigns as North American Championship and then Gargano again. I don't know. And I don't want Cameron Grimes because Cameron Grimes just is fucking annoying. In all honesty, my prediction is going to be Loomis or LA Knight. But you can never count out Bronson Reed, Colossal, Thick Boy, or Isaiah Swerve Scott with this new heel persona. Obviously, it's been seen in the fact of his consistent attacks on Leon Ruff. Now, not only is this a six-man gauntlet eliminator, Leon Ruff and Swerve Scott are the first to enter. Third is Bronson Reed. Fourth is Cameron Grimes. Fifth is Dexter Loomis, and the final entrant, the winner of the gauntlet, uh, the battle royal from last week's NXT, L.A. Knight. Uh, so, in all honesty, I'm going for Loomis or L.A. Knight. Loomis, especially with the fact that he has the unfinished business with um, The Way, obviously the Austin Theory thing, and then you have the Indy uh, Hartwell going back and forth, being attracted to him, so I don't know if we're potentially going to see uh, her maybe align with him down the road. I don't know. Now, the next match, which I'm excited for, but also I'm going to say is a little worrisome, and that's the fact that it's Walter versus Tommaso Ciampa. It's going to be a great match. Both very physical motherfuckers. The reason why I'm worried is the fact that on Thursday, NXT UK is having a prelude event. I guess that's their equivalent of a of WrestleMania event. And Walter is defending the NXT UK championship against Rampage Brown. I so and Rampage Brown was one of the big signings to NXT UK recently. I ha- didn't talk about it on this podcast, but Rampage Brown is big in the UK. How am I supposed to get really invested in this match that Walter's not going to defend the title so as to quote unquote defend the title the next day against Rampage Brown? And in all honesty, I think Tommaso Ciampa is not long for getting a main roster call-up if he wants that, or potentially uh, hanging up his boots. But this doesn't click. It doesn't register to me that Tommaso Ciampa is gonna gonna win. But I mean, his promo. He's bringing back Blackheart, Psycho Killer. So I mean, it's gonna be a great match. But. 
my prediction is Walter. <clears throat> now, the final listed match, as of right now, on night one, was a late add-in. That is Pete Dunne versus Kushida. Now, they went after each other in the uh, Battle Royal. And you had submission after submission after submission. Kushida had to basically be pulled off, for the lack of a better word, by officials from the hoverboard lock on Pete Dunne. Now, in all honesty, Kushida was building up momentum, and it slowly dissipated after his loss to Johnny Gargano. Pete Dunne, if we want to talk about someone who I think is main roster ready, it's Pete Dunne. So I don't understand why I, I want Kushida to win, but then again, Pete Dunne needs to build up momentum too, unless this is going to be a send-off match. Your guess is as good as mine. I'm pulling for Kushida. Now, night two. First match on the list is Finn Balor versus Karrion Cross. I'm at a crossroads for this match because I'm a huge Karrion Cross fan. I'm a huge Finn Balor fan. Karrion Cross had to relinquish a title after a day. Finn's had a great run with the championship since. But I want Karrion Cross to have a legitimate NXT championship run. I don't know for how long because a lot of a lot of uh, websites are saying that um, he may be in, as I've said in the past, in for a very quick call up. Um, I could see that, but I want him to have a legitimate reign under his belt and not just the one day stuff because we all know how long it took Finn. To get back to title contention. Not even for the brand's biggest title. In his case was a universal on uh, the main roster. But for him was the Intercontinental Championship. So I don't want Karrion Cross to be solely remembered as the devil of Monterey came, destroyed, relinquished the title due to a separated shoulder. So TikTok... Give me that cross reign. Next on this, uh, next on this card is Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly. Now, Adam Cole is also someone who's been down on momentum lately. However, in my mind, this could lead to one of two things: Kyle O'Reilly wins, sends Adam Cole to the main roster. Kyle O'Reilly wins, assumes control of the remnants of Undisputed Era, or they fight forever. I've been saying it on Twitter for fucking ever. Please, for the love of fucking God, give me story time with Adam Cole like they had around Final Battle where Kyle O'Reilly won the Ring of Honor Championship from Adam Cole. Give it to me. The... NXT fans would love it. I loved it in Ring of Honor, and I think if I can love it in Ring of Honor, I have to think I would love something similar in NXT. But uh, also, especially considering all this came about from that dastardly attack on Kyle O'Reilly, and the fans thought that it was a legitimate seizure, but he was only selling his injuries. I have to think this is where Kyle O'Reilly gets a come up, a comeuppance. 
uh, gets his comeuppance on Adam Cole. So I'm pulling for Kyle O'Reilly in this match. It should be a good match, baby. Next match, Johnny Gargano versus Gauntlet Eliminator winner. For the love of God, I don't like Johnny having this third reign of the North American Championship. I don't. I think it's stupid. I think his faction's stupid. And that's just me. So, whoever ends up being the winner of the Gauntlet Eliminator, for the love of God and all that is holy, have them win. Put it on LA Knight, whose most recent championship was a national NWA National Championship. It's a very similar uh it was a it was a similar type of belt as to the North American Championship. Um give it to Dexter Loomis because Dexter Loomis's character work especially during the pandemic has been chef's kiss. Next, you have Jordan Devlin versus Santos Escobar in a unification ladder match. Now, I'm torn on this because I already said my bit about Legado del Fantasma, but I'm still not comfortable with Jordan Devlin because allegations from last summer against him still have not been proven true or untrue. And also, he just came back a couple weeks ago. Before that, he was in he was in uh, Europe due to the pandemic. So in my eyes, I think this is uh, Santos Escobar unifying the championships. But who knows? Um, oh, and also I mentioned this last week from like the confrontation with uh, with um, Shawn Michaels and Adam Cole. While I don't think Shawn Michaels is going to try and come out for another match, like obviously dream match Adam Cole versus Shawn Michaels. I do potentially think we could get Shawn Michaels maybe getting involved, so to speak. Mind you, it's unsanctioned. Hold harmless agreement for WWE, etc., etc. And the final match, you have Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart versus The Way, uh, consisting of Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Now, normally... We would say Candice LeRae has earned her right to call herself a champion, whether it be NXT Women's Champion or Tag Team. However, you introduced the belts, gave them to Dakota and Raquel, who lost them the exact same night. So I do not want the first two title reigns of these new belts to be a one-day reign and a couple-week reign. So I am pulling for... Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart, TCB, whatever that means. Um, and that's where we're at. Now, moving on to SmackDown. The biggest one of the biggest things coming out of SmackDown um is a clusterfuck that is now the Universal Championship match. Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns, Edge. Edge is kind of off his rocker now, um, getting older every time Every time he's on TV, according to WWE officials. Um, I'm still really bitter about this. I love Daniel Bryan, but I'm really unhappy that he potentially is going to get a second WrestleMania event of him being in addition to a match. I honestly think that's bad juju. I think that's... If... if, if the, it doesn't sit right with me. But the addition of Daniel Bryan to the match could do a lot of things. 
Roman could lose a belt without having been pinned continues a feud with the Universal Champion. You could do that any which way. And you could also have Roman defend with, mind you, triple threat is contested under no DQs, no disqualifications, no countouts. Um, you could have Jay get involved, and you could also have the return of the prodigal Uso brother. I still can't tell them apart, Jimmy Uso, who's been out of action for, I think, since around last year's WrestleMania. So you have that. Second of all, the clusterfuck that is the women's tag team championship. Like, and for God's sakes, get rid of Reginald. He does nothing to the story for me except make me want to change it. And also, you want to know who's making me not invested in the tag team storyline? That is Natalia. Listen, you're talented, yes. But you bitch and moan about, oh, mania, mania. Paul Heyman said it best. If you don't like it, go knock on Vince's door and make it happen. And, or take out all the women and get notice to make it happen. But as of right now, you're just an annoying fuck to me. So I don't know if the tag team, women's tag team match is going to be part of the fucking WrestleMania SmackDown or not. The same thing's going for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. You have this four-way lock between Dominic and Ray, the Dirty Dogs, which is still a stupid fucking name, uh, Alpha Academy, and um, Street Profits. So I don't know if they're going to do a multi-tag team match for that. Also, as of right now, not on the card for WrestleMania. Potentially going to be on this WrestleMania special... Whatever the fuck's happening on Friday. <sighs> Sorry, I got into, like, rant mode there. And and it, it, it's really tough. It, it, it's really tough. And I also have some ranting to do about NJPW. But uh, that's going to... Actually, I'll probably do that after SmackDown before we go home with the WrestleMania uh, preview. But um, And we have a stipulation added to the Apollo Crews Big E match. It is a Nigerian drum match, which the way it was described is a no-holds-barred match, which I'm going to get into it more. Apollo Crews is winning this championship, and I think Big E is going to move up to the main title picture. Um, yeah, and we are officially getting Cesaro versus Seth Rollins, also to be talked about in the preview. But one thing I find kind of funny is uh, Ring of Honor's contribution to this WrestleMania. You have Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens. You have Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. You have Daniel Bryan in the Universal Championship match. So, uh, this WrestleMania, sponsored by Snickers and also sponsored by late to uh, early to mid 2000, late. 2000s, early uh, 2010 decade Ring of Honor. So let's get to the WrestleMania card as it stands right now. Like I did for 
NXT. I am going to go from my list, top to bottom. My predictions, etc., etc. Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Bianca, this screams Bianca Belair for me. And I do want to comment that interaction they had on Thursday was really fucking awkward. Sasha just shows up. Bianca basically like shuns her until WrestleMania and Sasha just goes to the back. Okay, I guess that works. But I I, I would still like them to feud. But you drop the ball on having Bianca win the NXT Women's Championship before she was called up. And I've always had a uh, special place in my heart for Royal Rumble winners successfully winning their WrestleMania championship, respective championship match challenge. So for me, this is the EST of WrestleMania. And also, with all this talk, Drew McIntyre was recently interviewed about how he feels about potentially opening up WrestleMania, it doesn't bother him. So I'm hoping to God that means that Bianca versus Sasha is going to close. Not only because it will be awesome to have another women's main event on one of the two nights. I I I I just really think the even though once it goes back to one night, you can't you're not gonna be able to do this, but since you still have two nights, have the women main event one, have the men main event the other. So, Bianca Belair. Next match on this card, in this list, is Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. Now, a lot of people on my timeline are saying that they think that Drew McIntyre is going to win so we can finally get that moment winning the title in front of fans. I hope that's not the case solely because Bobby Lashley has deserved... He people were saying he should have been in the title picture for his first run. He should have been in the ti- the main event title picture when he came back. He's now the champion, the second African American to hold WWE's championship, the lineage. And what does that say if you cut the reins short like that? So. For me, this is Bobby Lashley, but it's going to be a great match. It's going to be a great match, and Drew isn't going to leave the main event scene. I think he's just going to be floating around it, especially if they start fleshing out afterwards this uh, feud with um, Baron Corbin if he is, in fact, now part of Raw. The next match is Bad Bunny with Damian Priest versus Miz with John Morrison. Damian Priest and John Morrison cancel each other out, and I'm sorry. You're not having Bad Bunny on TV every week. Having him have won your 24-7 championship match. This is Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny's winning this match, and I'm all for it. I know Issa's going to be happy. I know Philliam's going to be happy, and like, they've, they've turned me into fans of Bad Bunny. They really have. And I, I hope he does a memorable crossbody like we had Stephen Amell do uh, in his SummerSlam match against uh, Cody Rhodes Stardust or even from uh, his match at All In. Uh, the next match on this is the New Day 
versus AJ Styles and almost. Yeah, the New Day just won the championships back again, but AJ Styles is about to complete a Grand Slam, debuting almost, and rather than debuting a kid like they did with Braun Strowman, they're debuting a literal colossus. And it's going to be the first time we officially see him in the ring. And I have to think, being paired with AJ Styles, you're you're destined for great things. So I have the phenomenal one and the phenomenally tall one. Next, we have Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon in a steel cage match. So we know what Shane is going to fucking jump off of. The top of the steel cage. Uh... And also, Shane McMahon is usually booked for WrestleMania matches to lose. I've mentioned it in the past. WrestleMania matches against McMahons are akin to title matches. Because it shows that they, first off, trust you in the ring. Second of all, want to try and elevate your character. Even though a lot of WWE critics have said that, no pun intended, the Strowman Express has left the station, and not in a good way. They missed the boat on him winning the championship earlier. He wasn't ready, according to WWE officials. He had that piss-poor reign before, and now he's damaged goods, so to speak. In uh, the final match on night one is Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. Now, Seth Rollins has been building up a WrestleMania portfolio akin to Shawn Michaels, the cash-in at 31, the King Slayer against Triple H, the Beast Slayer against, uh, the Beast Slayer against Brock Lesnar, but I think this could be the match that finally elevates Cesaro into the rightful place that he deserves in the main event scene, he has the look, he has the strength, he he's literally the prototype of what the fuck Vince wants to see. I have no idea why he's still a struggle to grab that brass ring, but this is, is Cesaro for me, and I'm not going to accept any other result. But one thing I will say, Seth Rollins' suit game is extremely on point. And also, his response to people asking him how he felt about one of his um, uh, placard things, like when he uh, comes to the ring, engaged to Becky Lynch, and him rebuttaling, She's a mother of my child. She's beautiful. That's one of the biggest accomplishments. So I'm all good with that. Always knowing how to troll the trolls. Embrace division. Embrace division. Uh, suit game strong. This for me is all Cesaro. Antonio Cesaro or I'd rather call him Claudio Castagnoli versus Tyler Black. Now moving on to night two. Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan. I'm going to go with my gut and say Edge because why have him do what he's done if it wasn't going to be him? But I could also see them doing Daniel Bryan. I can literally see a timeline where each of these three competitors wins. This could potentially be Daniel Bryan's last uh, 
full-time wrestler status WrestleMania. I could see him getting the belt. Edge just defied the odds nine years as compared to Daniel Bryan's like three-ish. Nine years, came back, got injured again, came back, and he ran the gauntlet at the Rumble, entering number one. And I'm sorry, that is accomplishment. That is an accomplishment that goes too much unnoticed. Being in the Royal Rumble for over half an hour, that's talent. Because your stamina and your charisma, it it declines each passing minute. Your body gets bruised. Daniel Bryan with his vitiligo, he bruises easily. And especially coming back from an injury and being able to do that, that's talent. So I'm pulling for Edge, and also I still think Metalingus is one of the best entrances, and I'm stoked to see his entrance on what I'm expecting to be a pirate ship stage. It's looking like that. They just released uh, some behind-the-scenes footage of the Mania stage being built. It's looking like it's going to be a pirate ship. So give me a dope Metalingus uh Entrance. Next, we have Asuka versus Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's Championship. Now, this is similar to uh, what I was saying before. Uh, I forget which match. Uh, I love Asuka. I love Joshi Wrestling. Oh, the um, NXT Women's Championship. But her her, her title reigns have been booked god-awful. It's almost as if WWE doesn't know how to book Japanese talent. At least in this era. But, um... If Asuka's gonna lose, I hope it's to shoot Rhea Ripley to the moon. But... Rhea Ripley's the full package. She really is, and Brother Wade knows that. He named his dog... His beautiful dog after Rhea Ripley... Girlfriend loves Rhea Ripley. I got a chance to meet Rhea Ripley at one of the uh, Evolve events. Um, she's awesome. She's a full package. And I I would not be opposed to her winning. They're going to give us a good match. Fiend Bray Wyatt, newly reincarnated, burned, yada, 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 versus Randy Orton. Singles match most likely changing to a stipulation match. The Fiend's winning. The Fiend's winning, and they're probably going to fuck up his character again. I've already mentioned Big E versus Apollo, Nigerian drum match, no holds barred. Apollo's winning. Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn with Logan Paul. That Logan Paul segment was kind of weird. Still don't know what the uh, what there's to write home about Logan Paul. Cool, he he's a YouTube influencer I guess he looks like a fucking moron I don't know but anyway I don't know who to pick in this match uh obviously Kevin Owens Sami Zayn fight forever I hope they give us a phenomenal match I would love to see Kevin win I would love to see Sammy win I don't like Sammy's character I love Kevin Owens's character I think both of them should be higher on the card than they are And uh, their best friends, they obviously know how to put on a good match. Just look at the Ring of Honor, El Generico, Kevin Steen saga. Like, it's literally second to none. So if you can, look up those matches. And the final one on this list is Riddle versus Sheamus. Uh, 
with the fact that Riddle wasn't supposed to win the United States Championship, it was most likely supposed to be Keith Lee, but Keith Lee isn't medically clear. I don't. I still don't know what injuries he's battling. So they put it on Riddle that shit with Asuka last week about the scooter and then either having a starstruck moment or forgetting what he was going to say, just going off. I think Sheamus is going to win this. And I'm not opposed to that. And rumor has it, I'm not sure if it was an April Fool's joke or if it's true, he may have brought back the Mohawk braided beard look. I hope it was an April Fool's joke. Please, God, let it be an April Fool's joke. Who knows? Now, another big thing about WrestleMania, it's usually accompanied with a performance. So far, we haven't heard of any. Maybe Bad Bunny does double duty. I don't know. I think that would be dope, but they kind of already did that with Royal Rumble. Who knows? But WrestleMania, I'm so excited. I'm still a little bitter that I'm not going to be there in person, but I know I will be at WrestleMania again in the future. Dallas is really my goal, especially being a Dallas Cowboys fan. I know you guys probably think, how the fuck are you a Dallas Cowboys fan? You live in New York. Well, yes, I live in New York, but when I was younger, my parents both uh, lost their jobs, and my mom's parents took my brother for a while while they got on their feet and turned him into a Yankees fan. My grandparent, my dad's parents took me in, and we actually spent time in Dallas. And uh, I have early memories of not going to, I've never been to a Cowboys game in Texas. But, you know, kind of like how they do, you'll tailgate the whole time, or you'll be like away from it and watch it on one of those small TVs. Yeah, that was me. I'm a Cowboys fan. If you don't like it, deal with it. Now let me get my New Japan stuff off. Okay, I said earlier that this is being recorded on Sunday night. This morning was Sakura Genesis. And you had Kota Ibushi defending the championship against the winner of the New Japan Cup, Will Ospreay. And it's the first time for Kota Ibushi to defend the newly revealed unified IWGP Heavyweight Championship, which honestly looks like they took the shape of the Cody Rhodes Nightmare logo and put it on a fucking belt. I hate it. It looks stupid. Kota Ibushi lost. So you had Kota Ibushi finally realize his destiny and became God at Wrestle Kingdom to unify these titles to lose it. And it Will Ospreay also was named in the Me Too movement, but more so as being a bully and an enabler. Um once again, I'm a little uncomfortable because I don't know all the I don't know all the the whole story. But Will Ospreay is a gaijin. Gaijin, which is a foreign wrestler. And the most recent foreigner to win the IWGP's top belt was Kenny Omega. And his was the slow burn. His was the slowest of slow burns. But 
it's big deal when as a gaijin you win the belt that puts you in select company select company Brock Lesnar Kurt Angle even though I don't know which of those reigns are still considered canon and which aren't um I want to say Scott Norton, Hulk Hogan, etc., uh, etc. Et but Foreigners winning New Japan's top prize is a big deal. So congratulations to Will Ospreay. And he, it, I still have to watch the match, but the go-home event before Sakura Genesis, he said he would do anything to win the championship, and he even did the os cutter on his fucking girlfriend slash fiance, B. Priestley. Obviously, at the in this podcast, we don't condone domestic violence or anything, but wrestling scripted, we can all agree that it's still real to me. Damn it! But the, booking something like that—that—that's like some big. That's like big shit. Like, you would do anything to win this belt, even f- go over the one you love. I think that's a crazy storyline. So, congratulations to Will Ospreay, and I don't know what the fuck you're calling your faction these days. The Empire, whatever. The other big news of New Japan is that there is another tournament. Another New Japan Cup USA tournament. But it's not for the rights to challenge for the IWGP United States Championship held by John Moxley. Who knows if he's ever going to lose that shit. New Japan has created the New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Openweight Championship. Which is also a god-awful looking belt. I'm all for having open weight on it. Open weight just means that heavyweights can challenge for it, super heavyweights can challenge it for it, juniors can challenge for it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And obviously, they're trying to grow the uh, IWGP of America brand. I I just think the title's stupid. I, 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 it could have been designed better. Maybe I would be interested in it more, but so there's another tournament coming up. So that brings us to the end of this approaching an hour long podcast. I know it's going to reach an hour in post, but let's get to those social media ads. You can find me on Facebook, David Malkowich, M-A-L-K. I-E-W-I-C-H. You can find me on Instagram at O-Z-T-E-P-0-8. And you can find me on Twitter at I-N-D-I-E underscore D-U-S-T-Y-D-A-V-E. And you can find The Crossroads on Twitter and on Instagram at T-H-E-K-R-O-S-S R-H-O-D-E-S. And you can find the most beautiful bunny in the world, Queen Juniper of the Bunfort, first of her name, master of Tritos, lord of the playpen, 
on Instagram at J-U-N-I-P-E-R-B-U-N-Z. And I strongly recommend you go check her out because I posted the most adorable Easter pictures of her this morning. Thank you for listening. Enjoy WrestleMania week. Don't forget, exclusively on Peacock. I finally got my Peacock, and I finally got the that special that they're always promoting with the QR code, and they're slowly removing all of the stuff that we loved when we were younger, which is understandable, new time, new place, but okay, it is what it is, but on Peacock, enjoy WrestleMania week, enjoy the Hall of Fame, congrats to all the Hall of Famers, I know I haven't done a full release of who's in the Hall of Fame, there's so many between last year and this year, that went in, the only one who did not go in and was announced was Dave Batista, and that was because he was not able to come, I'm sure that they will put his off to a day when he can attend in person, but he is still a Hall of Famer. Until next time, just remember, hashtag TikTok do the work, hashtag make it pop, and hashtag FWPN. Thank you for listening, and until next time, Dusty Dave, Diamond Dave, 